Good afternoon, New Hope Community Church. How is everybody doing this evening? If we can make our way back to our seats as we get ready to step into the presence of the Lord. Can we give a shout to the Lord tonight? Thank you, Father. Can we give a shout to our Father tonight? <coughs> we have a few announcements. It's a few quick announcements. Quick, 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 quick. We, we have our Sunday service, 1030 on Sunday. We have a special guest speaker coming to speak. Glenn Burris, he is coming to speak. He is our old Foursquare president. So he is coming to speak and give the word to this church. We also have a few events coming up within a week. If you guys didn't see the Facebook, we don't have our flyers up yet, but they will be on Sunday. We have a movie night coming up. It is, can you give me the date? Yeah, April 1st. Okay, it is April 1st. That'll be our next big event. So April 1st is a movie night coming up. Reminder after that, we have our Good Friday coming up also. So get your schedules ready and prepare for that. Good Friday is coming up. We also have our Easter service coming up. So a lot of things are coming up. Also, if you're part of the Easter program, we have practice tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Four. Four o'clock. We have practice tomorrow at four o'clock. So if you're part of the program tomorrow, a part of our Easter program, we are having practice tomorrow at four o'clock. We would love to see you and your kids there. So if we can all stand up and get ready to worship the Lord tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this evening, for every single person in this building. God, I just pray a special blessing over everybody here. Thank you for just all the people who you just brought here and are here for a reason tonight, God, for to worship you and to just leave with something that they didn't come with, God. I just thank you for them all. God, I just pray for the service. Um, that it would be pleasing to you above everything else, that it wouldn't be pleasing for us, but for you, because we are here, not for ourselves, not for anybody to the left or to the right of us, but we are here for you. We came here for you, God. So I pray that you would just do something spectacularly amazing, God, that you would just fill this church with your yes. Holy Spirit, with your presence, that the atmosphere would change because you are here. You are here. You are in our hearts. You are, your name is on our lips. Your holy, holy, holy name, God. We aren't worthy to be here. We aren't even worthy to praise you, God. But you, you, it's just you. You make us worthy. You take us from where we were and you bring us to where we are now. And you'll get us through the day. You'll get us through the week. And I just thank you. I just thank you. And I can't ever thank you enough, God. We love you so much. So much.
mercies for me every day. Your love never fails. Can we see that again? Nothing can separate. There we go. Nothing can separate, even if I run away. But you have new mercies for me every day Your love never fails Oh no And you stay safe through the ages Your love never changes And maybe pain in the night But joy comes in the morning I'm not alone in any open seas. Your love never fails. The chasm is far too wide. I never thought I'd reach the other side. Your love never fails.
make all those things work. Yes, you do, Lord. You make all those things work.
sing it out, your love never fails. Your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. I just feel like there's some people in here tonight, you just got to call out. You know about the love intellectually, but it's time to make a call. It's time to call to the Lord. Just tell Him that you want more tonight. You don't have to go anywhere different. You can stay right where you're at, but we can sing. I want more, I want more, I want more.
in the way that you answer as I wait. I know I won't be shaken. You remain rocking my foundation when I pray. Know that you will hear me, and I'll be amazed in the way that you answer as I wait. I know I won't be shaken, cause you rocking my foundation. Rocking my foundation. We do something when the trouble comes. When the trouble comes, I will lift you up. When my strength is gone, I will sing my song. When my body's weak, it is you I see. When my heart it aches, I won't hesitate to pray. Let's do it now when the trouble comes, when the trouble comes, I will lift you up when my strength is gone, I will sing my song when my body As I wait, I know I won't be shaken. You remain rocking my foundation, rocking my foundation. promises and my mind's renewed on who I am to you then whatever comes I'll mature in love and I know you God you will raise me up, up Oh, my God. 
thank you, Lord, that you are altogether good, that you are love, that in you there is no darkness. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us tonight. For your word says that were any two or three to gather in my name, then I am here in the midst. Lord, so I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this assembly tonight. Thank you for your presence. We worship you, Lord, for you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys may make your way back to your seats. You know, it's so funny because we just did all these experiments with the microphone to make sure it didn't backfeed. And as soon as I start talking, guess what? It backfeeds. We're going to take today's offering. If I could have the ushers uh, come forward. Our, our giving is a form of worship. Your giving makes an eternal impact. We've talked many times about, you know, we are in a historic building. And there was, you know, a, a group of really immigrants that worked in the steel mills that wanted to build a great church because they knew that, you know, you can't have a great town without a great church. And they wanted to build a church that they would be proud of, that, would, that, that people could come in and, and look at and be like, wow, this is beautiful. And most of all, it's like, look what God did. And we have that decision to whether we are going to be the generation who rebuilds or are we going to be like the generation before us that let it kind of fall apart. We have a parking lot that we want to expand. If you haven't seen, especially on Sundays, parking is a little tight around here. And you know what? We should be able to get it done just like this. But it waits and it sits, you know? I mean... I don't know how long Kim's been cleaning up paint chips in the sanctuary before everybody comes in. Wouldn't it be nice to get this place painted, to put new flooring, to put padding on the pews, to come into a place that is really first class to say, you know what, this is our church. This is our church. We're not going to get there unless we are willing to sacrificially give. Say, you know what, I'm going to give, I'm going to give to the Lord, I'm going to trust, I'm going to go above and beyond, and I'm going to trust the Lord knowing that as I invest in his kingdom, that he's going to bless me and he's going to take care of every need I have. The old saying that we used to always say is you can't outgive God. You can try, you don't have enough resources to play that game with God. Maybe, you know, with your cousin, if you're fighting over the bill, you might be able to outgive them, but you're not going to be able to outgive God. Anytime you give to God with a pure heart and sowing in pure ground, that provision just keeps boomeranging back and back and back and back. So if you'd like to give online, there's a way that you can do that as well. You can text to give. If you grab the bulletin, there's a QR code in the corner that you can, if you would rather give electronically. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for, thank you for this offering. Lord, you know our needs, you know the ministries we have, you know the plans that we have. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that everything is already paid for, it's already done. Lord, I thank you that every repair is paid for. 
I thank you, Lord, that you're providing the money for the debt to be retired. Lord, and I thank you that you're providing for every single person in here. Lord, and that every offering according to your word will be multiplied back to them so that they would have an abundance for every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could just reach a hand out to our kids tonight. And if we can dismiss them as they just get ready to just bond together and just have this time together, right? Father, thank you for the kids, Lord. Thank you for just having this time together for that they can just be together and just create friends together in your name, Lord. Uh, I ask that you just allow them to just, just have this time to just bond and just, you know, talk about God and just watch videos about God and just to just create this picture about our Lord and just to see how thankful and how such a blessing that he is to us and how such a father that he is to us, Lord. And I just thank you just for this time, just allowing us just to be here. And Father, I ask that you just open the minds of these people tonight, Lord, so that they can receive tonight what's going to be spoken, so that they can gain something tonight, Father. Father, uh, empty them right now, Lord, so that they can gain something tonight, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, welcome tonight to Friday Night Live. So glad to have you guys here continuing in the same series that we've been. We've been here for uh, just a few short weeks, and we've been calling it Shadows of the Cross. And it's kind of us preparing our hearts for uh, Resurrection Sunday and looking at some of these uh, types and shadows in the Old Testament that point to the cross of Christ. Jesus said uh, that the scriptures talk about him. The old covenant is, uh, uh, it, it, it points to him. He is the fulfillment of that old covenant. So the entire Bible, we used to have a, we used to have a, a, a pastor that used to always talk about, you know, depending on the length of somebody's introduction, if you go to a banquet or uh, you go to somewhere where they have the keynote speaker, or the guest speaker, whatever that may be, the more important they, they are, the larger introduction they have. And he used to say that that entire Old Testament is the introduction for Jesus Christ. So that's his introduction. So we're going to look at um, these different uh, shadows, and today we're going to talk about the rock in the wilderness. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. By the way, I wanted to say as well, um, on Resurrection Sunday, we will be doing baptisms. So if you gave your life to Christ and you've never been baptized in water, I want to encourage you, that is your first step of obedience. When you get saved, when you say yes to Jesus, your next thing is to be baptized in water and there's a powerful moment in the spirit that happens in water baptism it's more than just you getting wet it's more than just uh, an outward work of a spiritual truth there's a deep mystery that happens in the spirit when somebody's baptized so um you know just grab me grab my jacket if you've never been baptized say you know what i, I want to be baptized on resurrection sunday so uh, hey, the more the merrier. And you guys, we have um, about two weeks, two or three weeks before Easter. So 
This is the time. Invite some people in. Let's see them get saved. Let's see them get baptized. Amen. Let's build the kingdom. That's what we're here to do. And by the way, most people, you know, Good Friday and, you know, Easter, even if they don't come to church, you can usually guilt them into coming to church that day. So, you know, to, if, you, if you've been wanting to invite somebody, hey, you know, this is, this is the time to do it. Hey, why don't you come with me for Easter Sunday? It'll be awesome. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Lord, I pray that you would add a blessing to your word. Lord, I pray that you would uh, anoint me uh, to, to teach your word. The Holy Spirit would um, just come and be the teacher, be the preacher. My spirit would decrease and the Holy Spirit would increase. We thank you for tonight. We thank you that the word will go forth and find its mark in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. A lot. Uh, have done a lot of things that, that I, you know, regret. And most of the time, when you make a mistake, you can apologize. You can rebuild the relationship. You can kind of make amends. And a lot of times, a lot of times you make mistakes, you can fix them. But there is times where there's things that you've done, and I don't know if you've ever done anything like that, that once you did it and you kind of put it in motion, it was like you knew that things were never going to be the same and it was going to be hard to, to pull back. And, you know, we deal with a lot of issues of uh, recovery. Um, that is definitely one of the, the issues that um, kind of the assignments that God has us on to uh, break the power of addiction over people's lives um, in Jesus' name. And... Um, Sometimes you're, you're dealing with people and them backsliding and, you know, taking one more pill or putting that needle in their arm one more time, they may not come back from that. And it was like um, one of the, the, the most difficult funerals that I ever did was um, for a 21-year-old boy, I mean, uh, athlete. College, played football in college, um, you know, had a lot going for him, good family and all this, and, you know, was just out camping with his parents and just decided that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to catch a buzz, and, and he thought, you know, thought he was buying a Percocet and, you know, ended up just taking a Percocet, and it ended up being just a pressed pill that was laced with fentanyl. He took it, went out. And, you know, they called an ambulance, ambulances came and, you know, trying to Narcan him and, and driving him to the hospital. And, you know, the family went to the hospital and they're out in the emergency room and they're waiting for the doctor to come out and tell them that it's okay, but that's not 
the message that they got. Doctor came out and said, I'm sorry, you know, there's nothing that we could do. Sometimes there's mistakes that you make that you can't clean up. You just kind of have to live with the consequences of those mistakes. And we're going to read about um, a mistake that Moses made. And, and this mistake cost him entry into the promised land. Moses was used powerfully uh, in the Old Testament when you read it. Uh, Moses uh, was used by God to come against the Pharaoh, who was, you know, the, the most powerful government of that time. And the Pharaoh was, you know, even greater than the president. I mean, the, the Pharaohs were looked at as gods by the society at that time. And, and God empowered him to come against that, that government and and God uh, called him to uh, lead a people who were slaves for 400 years and, and lead them out of slavery, lead them out of Egypt, crossing through the Red Sea. He, the, the Red Sea parted and they escaped on dry ground. The Egyptian army chased after them and the waters closed and the, the enemy was destroyed and and he led them on a wilderness journey for over 40 years seeing signs wonders and miracle by god but he would never get to enter into the promised land he would never make it what did he do that god would not let him go into the promised land and and why was the thing that he did why was the punishment so severe that that he would do all these things go through all these different events only to not make it to the land of milk and honey and what that uh mystery is is it's in one of the shadows of the cross and it is the rock that that in the book of first corinthians that we read that says that that rock was christ that rock was christ so we're going to go to Exodus 17, and we're going to read a little bit about this rock in the wilderness so that we kind of know uh, what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 10, because, you know, the New Testament makes a lot of Old Testament references. And if you're not familiar with a lot of the stories in the New Testament, it, you know, you, you won't really understand what they're trying to say. So Let's go to Exodus 17. If you're there, say amen. amen. Then the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people contended with Moses, saying, give us water that we may drink. Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses, saying, why is it you have brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, what shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the rod which you struck the river, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, 
and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? So the Lord leads them out of Egypt, you know, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I mean, many great miracles and and they see the, the miracle after miracle. God is there for them. But they wind up in this wilderness. They don't go straight into the promised land. They wind up in this wilderness and now they don't have water. And now things are starting to get a little bit difficult. And instead of, you know, saying, well, you know, God did the miracles when we were in Egypt. And, and when we thought we were going to die at the Red Sea, God parted the Red Sea. And everything that God did and, and protected them and, and showed that he was there for them, everything that Moses said that God would do, he did. And instead of saying, well, we know we're going to be okay because if God led us here, he's going to take care of us and he's going to provide for us. Instead, they began complaining, grumbling, and just completely giving up, giving up hope. But when he strikes the rock and the rock begins to bring water, I mean, it's the most unlikely thing. You know, who would think that you're thirsty and so where you get water from is to hit a rock, right? A lot of people will say, well, you can't, you know, you can't get blood out of a rock. You know, it's just simply a rock. But God's going to show his miraculous provision in their life when, you know, Moses strikes the rock, water's going to come out and they're going to have plenty of water to drink. And even in the midst of their complaining and backbiting and, and their faithlessness, God's provision is still there for his people. And can I tell you something? If God brought you on a journey, even though, you know, at times he may ask you to, to leave some things behind, you may go through some difficult seasons, God's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for every one of your needs. You can't give up hope. And, and, and far too often what happens is sometimes we, we, we give our life to Christ and we start following God and everything's going good. Then all of a sudden we hit a rough patch and all of a sudden it's like, oh, God's forsaken me. What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you know what? The same God that got you through all the other stuff he got you through is going to be there for you. He's not going to leave you. He's going to provide for every one of your needs, and you're going to come out of that wilderness season better than you were before. But you've got to have faith. You can't give up faith, right? Hebrews 11:6. that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must believe that, that he is, and he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. He's not going to forget about you. He's not going to leave you penniless. He's not going to take you to a worse place you were before. But sometimes he's got to take you to a place that you don't understand so that you know that you can depend on him. Sometimes you'll never know that God is all you need till God is all you have. I've been in those places 
in life where I'm kind of like, God, what happened? I had friends, I, I had all this going on, and all of a sudden, you know, I gave my life to you and I thought things would be better, and, and now I'm lonely because the same people that I used to drink and get high with, now they didn't want to hang around me anymore, and, and God went through a season of sifting at the church, and even those people that, that I leaned on and, and became my spiritual leaders, they were gone, and I'm like, Lord, why did you bring me to this place? And he brought me to that place so that he could be close to me so that I could hear his voice clearly. So I didn't walk up and, and, and ask somebody to, to pray for me, that, that I would learn to pray to God for myself, that I would learn to depend on God, even if I looked out and it didn't seem like I was going to make it, even if it didn't look like I was going to make it with my finances, that I knew that somehow, some way, that God was going to do something and God was going to show up at just the right time and, and, and he was going to show off once again. When you get into those difficult situations, when you feel like it's impossible, that all that is is that's an opportunity for God to show you his glory. And sometimes what he wants you to do is he wants you to give up all hope in your flesh. Because that's what happens. We, we try to make everything happen ourselves, and we try to do everything ourselves. And the whole time, God's like, okay, well, once you get done with all your energy and running around and trying to make everything happen, when you start, when you realize that you can't make it happen on your own and you can't do it on your own, then that's when I'm about to move. But they, they were struggling. They were struggling in this area, and... You know, they even wanted to kill Moses, and, and, but Moses strikes the rock, water comes out, they're happy, disasters, you know, uh, averted, they have water, they have the water that they need, but then the rock appears much later. The same rock appears um, almost 40 years later into their journey, and so Let's go there really quick. So go forward a little bit in the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 20. The word of God reads, Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Here we go again. You think that they would have learned. Same thing. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, if only we, 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 we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought us up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord 
appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of the rock? Then Moses lifted his hand, and he struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Now, when God tells you to do something, you're supposed to do what he tells you to do. Moses was told the first time to strike the rock. But the second time that, they go, that, that Moses uh, goes before the Lord when the people need water, God says you're to speak to the rock. But 40 years later, putting up with their complaining, putting up with their grumbling, putting up with their faithlessness. I mean, he's just had it at this point. And so he yells at them, and instead of speaking to the rock like God commanded him to do, he grabs his staff and angrily strikes the rock twice. Water comes out of the rock just like it did the first time. The people have their needs taken care of, but then there's a judgment not for the people, but this time it's for Moses. Verse 12, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me and hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I had given them. So all that time, putting up with those people all that time, you know, all the way, I mean, if, if you follow Moses' journey from the time that he was a baby, you know, to the time where he murdered an Egyptian till he flees into the wilderness as a shepherd, then he encounters the burning bush, and then going back to Israel, and, and everything, every story that, that you go through through that season, and, and everything that happened, God says, nope, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. They're going to go, but you're not going to go. And I'm going to take you up to a mountain, and I'm going I'm to let you see, but you're not going to go in. You're only going to see the promised land. You're not going to enjoy the fruit of the promised land. You're not going to make it there. And the thing that I think of is, I mean, what was the big deal, really? I mean, he, he was told to strike the rock the first time. And, I mean, God was even getting mad with the people there. So why, I mean, why was it so severe? So what? So he struck the rock. The water still came out. What is the difference? Why was this so severe that it would prohibit him from going into the promised land? Now, th this, whole, th this whole message is called Shadows of the Cross, and we talked about how that the entire Bible 
points to Christ. And even at that time, even with this rock, God was painting the people a picture of the Messiah who would come and exactly what Jesus would do through that rock. And what Moses did is instead of following the instructions so that they could see a type and shadow of the Messiah to come, it was almost as that God painted this picture of the Messiah who was going to come and Moses came and grabbed his own can of paint and just spilled paint all over the canvas. That he ruined the type and shadow that was in front of them. See, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians that we read, it says that the rock that they drank from out in the wilderness, that that rock was Christ. It says literally that that rock was Christ. And this rock literally followed them in the wilderness. How that happened, I don't know. I just know that the same rock that was there in the beginning of the journey shows up at the end of the journey and that the book of 1 Corinthians says that that rock was Christ. But you know, when you journey through the wilderness, Jesus will be with you. It was a type of Christ saying that I will not leave you or I will not forsake you. I will always be there. You may not realize that I'm there as you journey through the wilderness, but I will be there. And the rock that was Christ was with the people in the wilderness. And the first time that the rock was, was struck, that same word that says that, that he struck the rock, or it, it could be that he, he smote the rock, and, and that word could even be translated that he would kill the rock, but it wouldn't make sense to translate it that he would kill the rock, because how do you kill a rock? So they just said that, that he struck the rock, but, but keep in mind that that word could be translated that he killed the rock, and when Moses smited the rock or killed the rock, the water flowed out of that rock. And if you guys remember that when Christ was crucified, he, he was crucified with thieves on both sides of him. And because of the feast that was happening, they, when uh, these three men, Jesus in the middle, thieves on both sides, they said, you know, can you, can you help them to die so that their bodies aren't hanging there for the feast? Because when somebody would die by crucifixion, it, it would take many hours. Sometimes it would even take days. And what would happen is when they were hanging on the cross, they would push themselves up so they could get a little bit more air. And so the way that they would speed up the process of them dying is they would come and they would break their legs so they couldn't push themselves up anymore. And they would just hang and they would actually... Uh, they, they wouldn't be able to breathe and they would die. And so when they came up to where, when Christ was on the cross, uh, the two thieves, they broke both of their legs. But then they looked at Jesus and Jesus was already dead. But what they did is they went ahead and they took a spear and they stuck it in the side of Jesus. And when they stuck it in the side of Jesus, water and blood flowed out of his side. Now, that was the natural picture, but then there's also the, the spiritual picture in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 39. I know we're going through a lot of scripture tonight, but, but hang with me because we're going we're gonna to tie this thing into a big old bow and we're going to go out of here in power. Amen? John chapter 7, 
verse 37 and 39, these are Jesus' words. It says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then we get this commentary, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not given yet, because Jesus was not glorified. Jesus was glorified when he died on the cross. When Jesus was glorified, he was crucified. When he was crucified that day when he was crucified guess what the river began to flow the spiritual river of the holy spirit began to flow there's an old song that says there is a river and it flows from deep within there is a fountain that frees the soul from sin come to this water there is a vast supply there is a river that shall never run dry you see the river that flows from the rock and the rock is christ the river washes us free from every sin the river springs up a well inside of my soul the river brings us eternal life the river brings healing into my body the river brings power to cast out demons the river brings supernatural gifts of power and the river will never run dry and some 2,000 years ago, the real rock, not the type, but the real rock, Christ was struck. And the rock was Christ. And ever since then, the river of life has been flowing. But Moses struck the rock a second time in anger. And God told him, speak to the rock. And the Bible says that Christ died once and he died for all. His sacrifice was sufficient when he died on that cross he cried out with a loud voice and he said it is finished there would never have to be another sacrifice for sins his work was a complete work it was a finished work and there was going to be no more sacrifice for sins it was one work and in the shadow he was supposed to just speak to the rock but when he hit the rock it was like he was offering trying to offer up another sacrifice for the sins of people it was almost like he was trying to crucify christ for a second time so because he marred the picture that god was painting he never made it into the promised land instead just going to a high mountain mount nebo probably over by sheets over on mount nebo road god allowed him to see the land but he would die never entering in. But something very curious about when Moses died, 120 years old, and it said that his eyesight never went dim and his body wasn't frail. See, everybody has to die, but we don't have to die sick, amen? amen. One day we're gonna go to the Lord. But when it's time for God to take, he just told Moses, he said, you know what? It's just your time to die. And Moses just went over the hill and died. That's how I want to go out. Lord just speaks to me, says, you know what? Pastor Rick, it's your turn. It's your time to die. Say, all right, I'll schedule a service. 
We'll get a coffin up here on the stage. I'll preach my funeral. I'll jump in the coffin, close the lid, and that's it. Amen. That's what I'm believing God for. But as we go through all this, what, what does it really, what does this mean to us today? See, on the cross, Jesus died to forgive you of your sins. On the cross, Jesus died so that you would have a sound mind. On the cross, Jesus died so that you wouldn't walk in a spirit of fear. On the cross, Jesus died so that you would be healed. Jesus died so that your every need would be met. Jesus died so that you would have every blessing in heavenly places. However, if those blessings are in heavenly places, I need them here on earth, amen? And what I need to do is I need to grab hold of what Jesus had already grabbed hold of me by faith and how do I bring these every blessing that's in heavenly places how do I bring it down to where I live then I learn to speak to the rock see we access the promises of God every promise in him is yes and amen it's already been fulfilled and we access the promises of God by confessing and believing those promises over my life coming into agreement by the word of God and by faith, we see every blessing and we see the power of heaven invading earth. So when I'm sick and I don't feel good, I begin to speak to the rock and I begin to speak to the infirmity and I begin to say that your word says that by your stripes, I have been healed, that you carried my sickness, that you carried my disease, so I don't have to carry them. So I'm speaking healing into my life when I don't think that I have enough money to make it and enough money to pay my bills I begin to speak God's promises over my life that Lord your word says that you will supply all of my needs through your riches and your glory Lord and I have a need and it's not met but I know that you're gonna come through I begin speaking to the rock when I'm overwhelmed I begin to speak Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling tired. But your word says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then when I face a mountain in front of me and I don't know what to do, I speak to the mountain and I say, be removed and cast out to the sea. When I face the storms in my life, I speak to the storms and say, peace be still. I speak to the rock and I let the river flow. I speak to the rock and I stand upon the rock. I stand upon his promises. I stand upon his word. I build my life on the rock. Amen. And when the wind comes and the wind blows, I'll still be standing on the rock. I'll still be standing on the promises of God. I'll still be believing God. I'll still be saying, you know what? I I'm going I'm to live my life according to this word. I'm going to stand on this word. I'm not going to put my faith in anything else in this world. I know that everything else is being shaken, but I am going to stand upon the rock and I'm going to believe God's promises for my life. Let God be true and let every man 
be a liar. I don't care how it looks. I don't care what the world says. I am going to speak to the rock. I'm going to believe in what Jesus did for me. And I'm going to live my life not by sight, but by faith. Amen? So we build our life upon the rock. And the Bible says that the power of death and life is in your tongue. The power of death and life is in your tongue. So you got to watch what comes out of your mouth. You got to watch what you begin to speak. And you got to watch what you come into agreement with. You got to watch grumbling and complaining. And you got to watch being negative because those things will become a reality. You begin to come into agreement with lies from the devil when you need to speak to the rock and you need to come into agreement with every promise that is in this word. And as you begin to come into agreement with every promise, then you will enter a place that is called life and life more abundantly. You don't have to live down and defeated. You don't have to live sick and weak and just you know, waiting for the next bad thing to happen in your life. You don't have to live your life under a dark cloud. Jesus made a better way for you and I. And everything that he died for, we now possess. And we possess them by faith. What about you tonight? Are you standing on the rock? Are you standing on the promises of God? Do you know Jesus in your life? Do you truly know him? Because the reality of it is, is, you know, it, it's hard enough to make it in life. You're not going to make it without him. And you definitely aren't going to make it in eternity without him. The Bible's clear that man dies once and then comes the judgment. But the river that came from that place called Calvary, that river flows and it springs up a well of eternal life. So that when this tent, when this tabernacle, when this body fades, it's not my end, it's just a new beginning. It's just going home. And I've done a lot of funerals and there's a big difference between a funeral and a home going. A funeral is like, eh, I don't know. I hope he made it. Maybe he cried out at the last minute. I don't know. But then a home going is, you know what? This was a person who loved the Lord. This was a person who walked with the Lord. This is a person who stood on the promises of God. And although I'll miss them, I know where they're at right now. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you... If you have never given your life to the Lord, if you've never had a time and place where you said, you know what, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and I need the Holy Spirit in my life and I don't want to live this life anymore. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. If that's you today, just before we close and wrap up, I just want you to stick a hand up and say, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If you've never done it before, you want to do it tonight. Anybody here tonight? Right, if we could all just stand to our feet. Worship team, if you want to make your way forward. God wants to raise up 
a remnant. He wants to raise up a people who stand on his promises, know their authority in Christ. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've looked around at the world, but I can tell you one thing, the devil's busy. And the devil's not playing. And for far too long, we've let the devil have run in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our government. And we've just said, you know what, we don't, we don't want to be bothered. I just want to live our life. I just want to be in peace. But meanwhile, the devil comes and he comes and he comes and he's just not stopping. But God is raised, it's a new season. And God is raising up a people who are full of power, full of the Holy Spirit, who are bold as lions and are not afraid to confront the devil's plans. That's you and that's, I, that's you and me. And this isn't about me. This isn't about me as the pastor. This is about every person in here saying, you know what? I'm going to stand on the rock and I'm going to believe in the promises of God and I'm going to see my generation be saved. Amen? Amen. Could we just raise our hands? Lord, we're sorry for the times when we doubted you, the times when we allowed ourselves to slip into fear, the times when we allowed ourselves to slip in unbelief and maybe even said things. Lord, we repent of those. And Lord, we thank you that according to your word that you'll forgive us of our sins and you'll wash us as white as snow. And Lord, I pray that just for a gift of faith to be imparted tonight, I pray that a gift of, a supernatural gift of faith would be imparted right now into every person. That you would raise up a people that would begin to believe the impossible, that would believe impossible things that would have no fear, that would have no fear, no fear in death, no fear of the enemy, that you would raise up a people that are bold as lions, that you would raise up lions, not sheep. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 We're going to go out here in victory. But if you're here today and you need prayer for any reason, feel free to just make your way up to the front. Be happy to pray and agree with you. But we're going to praise them and we're going to go out of here praising the Lord, a victorious people. Because Jesus paid it all. Sweetness at the mercy seat.
Sounds good. Sounds good, boss. See you in the morning. Love you, boss.